0: Two hours down, three to go NBA draft in full swing Ten picks have been made at this point Or no, we're we're going on to the tenth pick at this point All is silent on the Cavs front But we'll keep an eye on it for you throughout the night Obviously McKenzie and the updates will be keeping By the way, a lot of things changing around here We got cameras coming at some point I got this little light on in front of me I feel like somebody's watching me I'm trying not to do anything bad Not throwing up the bird or anything We got these new microphones we're trying out. And I noticed they went back to the old 2020 intro I I, One morning I got in the car and I heard it and I was like, "Mm, bringing back the memories of my early days doing 2020 updates with that one. A lot of things changing around here at 92 through the fan. We changed the number a couple months ago. All right. Taking up too much time. It's time, as always, on Overtime with Jonathan Peterlin at 9 o'clock for the fan focus. All right, first up, go to the morning show. Ken and Lima noting just how many practices are open to the public at training camp this year.
1: H, uh, because I did tweet back in 2019, 15 practices were open to the public, and they've gone down every year since then. They're down to eight. What did you do? I, I just I just heard Jeff Thomas talk about it. I know, but what did you list the years of yep. what they had? Mm-hmm. Why did you do that? What do you mean? Fans, that's the one opportunity fans can go for free. People take off work for it sometimes. Well, how many did they have before? Tell me how many they had before. So it was okay. 15 open practices in 2019, 2021, because you didn't have 2020. Uh, you had 12, then 11, no, no. this year 8. Hold on. If they wouldn't have had a joint practice in Philadelphia mm-hmm. for a week, they're yep. off for a week, would they, have, would they not have 11? Yeah, I think they still would. Okay, so, you know... Did you put that out on social media? I, I the, 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 if you want to add the context, go ahead. I, w- I think I will add the context. Please add the context.
2: I like to see us working together, guys. Well, I'm Good just job. I'm
1: pointing it out that if they, if they work out, they were home. Uh, they had 11 last year, and they had joint practices. Now, were they open for joint practice last year? I went to. I got to go to exactly one training camp. I'm not sure during the Belichick years, and that was a joint practice, and no, it was no, awesome. That, that any team opens up joint practice, right? That's when you have row. Well, because there's fights that. every year. There was no fights at mine. Well, you like that I p- poked a hole in your whole little uh, thing you were gonna do there, huh? I don't think you poked a hole. I just think fans are upset now, I, they don't have a lot of well, chances to see the team. Okay, but I think that this is part of games at home instead of away, or excuse me, practices at home instead of away mm-hmm. at Philadelphia. They probably would have had a full eleven this year. Yeah, it's just that though it's been less every year. It's, it's now, dwindled that rapidly. Is, I mean, you have half as well, many as you did a few years and ago. And you're, you're well, Like I'm glad you have as many as you do. It's I mean, going to be some, hard to get those tickets, right? There's some teams now that don't really have any. Or they have one. And remember, they charge you to get in and they say it's for charity.
0: Yeah, this is the uh, reality of the NFL, folks. Uh, it's going to, things are going to go up price-wise. Uh, you're going to have a pay-per-view Super Bowl, I'm sure, at one t- at $1. T- at some point, I'm, I'm envisioning, and training camp prices are going to continue to get less and less. I, I saw this when I was covering the Bills. They would debate every year whether or not they were going to come back to St. John Fisher College in Rochester, New York, where Coach McDermott always used to say, like, oh, it's great. We get to tap into part of our fan base that lives out here in Rochester, but deep down we knew, like, the chances of them actually coming back, doing the dorm life and all that was was slim. They, they do still do it for what it's worth, but I think that it's gotten less like the number of weeks that they're there. Um, it, it's gone to the days where training camp is this big thing, and I do feel bad because I think there are fans who bank on that every year, being something free they can go see, take their kids, without having to spend a pretty penny to go to the games and park and all these different things that come with the actual game experience. I wonder how you guys feel about it, though, and that's something we can talk about throughout the rest of the show. That's it for number one. Next, we go to Afternoon Drive in preparation for the NBA draft tonight. They uh, shared some thoughts on what the future should hold for Jarrett Allen.
1: I just want to make a move tonight. I, go get, go trade for the 10th the, the pick.
2: I kind of I, – I don't want to move for the sake of a move. That's No, but I think you can get better. Yeah, and I, I think Kobe is – if Kobe right now is fretting making a Jarrett Allen deal because he's worried about making the team worse – totally get it. That's and by the way that's a that's a well-found fear. Totally makes sense. But you got to have if if the right accumulation of assets are there, you got to be playing the long game. I think you're going to be a top 6 seed next year regardless. With just Evan, with just Darius and just Donovan. I don't want to say lock it in, but I'm about as lock it in as you could possibly get. You need health. That's the biggest thing. Can you be healthy? And can everybody kind of... Can they learn to play to better uh, together better? You might have to take a perceived step back with your roster. And in the end, a year from now, we actually realize, all right, well, you got rid of Jarrett. That sucked. But it empowered Evan. It, it allowed him to grow into his position, even though there might have been some growing pains. And then the pieces that you got fit better, and in the end, made you better in the playoffs.
0: That last point on Evan Moby is is important here. Uh, and we actually were talking during the break earlier in the show. It was myself, Earl, and Mac, who was, was hanging out after the, after, after the afternoon drive. And the, the development of Evan Moby is the thing that's missing here. We don't know what that looks like yet. Is it that he becomes a three-point shooter? Probably not, in my opinion. Is it that he becomes more of like a facilitator from the middle of the paint who can also get a jump shot off a mid-range has some sort of mid-range game what does that look like and that's the key factor in all this if you take Jared Allen out of the picture and you're asking Evan Moby to do a little bit more maybe defensively but also contribute offensively and he becomes more of a focal point because he is the option inside then I don't see the harm in trying to tap into that now You you do need to figure out what that is. There's an argument to be made that this year stunted his development and growth a little bit because of the acquisition of Donovan Mitchell. We don't know what that looks like yet, and the Cavs got to figure it out really, really quickly here to know how to build around him and maybe Donovan Mitchell if he stays and Darius Garland moving forward. It's it's an interesting question that they have to face going into this offseason. We'll see if they start by addressing it tonight during the draft. Next up, Baskin and Phelps. They had a similar conversation as I did on Gavin Williams' start last night.
2: And now we have three rookie pitchers in this rotation. And I think before anybody says, "Wow, you can't win that way," can I just throw out, really? And why not? And i I don't know. I don't know that Gavin Williams stays here. They they have the luxury. Of excess when it comes to starting pitching right now, and that's even with Tristan McKenzie being hurt. And it's even with Zach plezak being sent down to AAA, being released, and then ending up, you know, going back to Columbus. They still have an excess of starting pitching. Heck, I'll take you a step further, even with Daniel Lespina turning into his having his issues. Well, there you go. Who is a guy that a lot of people had circled to be in on his ball club this year. Well, think about the depth of the starting pitching there. And it it's pretty it's pretty impressive, is what it is. Now, it is, but so I, it's these con it's these concurring ideas that always go through your head. Like my my buddy's dad always had this great line, and he would use it all the time, which is education is a lot like starting pitching. The minute you think you have enough, go get more. That's a good point for again but I I do agree with
0: Baskin or excuse me with Phelps rather that, yeah, like the fact that you have three young guys in this rotation right now. They're all pitching at a pretty high level, including Gavin Williams in his first start last night, and there's there's room to grow there, but you like what you saw, I think, for the most part. It's why I had the stance last hour to just ride this thing out with these young guys, knowing that you have a really good shot at winning the division anyway. Like, I'm all in on getting these guys reps. Phelps mentioned he doesn't know if he's going to be up here long-term. I hope they keep Gavin Williams up. I I don't think there's anything to send him back down, especially with McKenzie now out for uh, the foreseeable future. I continue to say probably the rest of the season they're going to shut him down, I would imagine. Seems realistic with an elbow injury. Uh, There's no reason to send him back down. Keep Gavin Williams up. Let these young guys get reps. I see what Menigan's saying on you can always use more, but where they're at right now, I'm happy with, and there's so many unanswered questions with these guys. We got to continue to see who they are, what they are, and who's going to take the reins when guys like Shane Bieber are eventually moved at some point. Back to Afternoon Drive. I'm so glad that aliens came up on their show today. Another alien topic with uh Nick and Dustin.
2: Uh, witness uh, Caden Little recalled that, quote, it was scary, as his immediate thought was that an attack by aliens was about to unfold. However, no such hostile action took place, as the curious crab simply zoomed away from the scene. If this isn't that right, thing, took away or took, took off. off. Thank you. There we know, Landed the plane. Landed the UFO. It zoomed away mm-hmm. at what appeared to be a thousand miles an hour. I would have said two thousand miles an hour. But maybe, maybe three. Yeah, could have been four. Who knows? Uh, only here to watch, saying uh, love alien o'clock. Is that this time of the show? Yes. We're coining that? Yeah, I think so. You can talk into the microphone, Mac. What do we have there, bud?
0: Yeah, so we have uh, Garrick talking about the UFO, courtesy of WCPO. Let's get it. And it looked like something I'd never seen before at all. Like, um, I had seen drones fly before, and this was not like any type of drone. The way it moved and how fast it could, like, take off, I'd never seen anything like it. A bunch of people stayed around recording because people were like, terrified
2: I need more evidence I need more angles like we got it in the Las Vegas crash we got the we got the body cam and then we got like the neighborhood the the ring footage what yeah. the, what the hell is that thing called is it just ring yeah it's a doorbell yeah, camera doorbell camera we got that I need more angles from this it feels like a lot of the angles are the same I need like a give me a couple different vantage points and I'll be better to to be able to tell here
0: I don't know what it is. First of all, I've been waiting for a day where I could talk about aliens off of uh, Dustin and Nick because they talk about this. If he seems like every day, I'm glad that today was the day that they brought it up and I was able to be in here to host for JP. And now I get a chance to talk about it because this is a fascinating subject to me. I wholeheartedly believe that we are not the only life forms out there in the galaxy. There has to be other life forms out there, and they call them aliens, call them UFOs, whatever. They're out there. Now, where I, I. Where I'm curious, first of all, I feel like there's been an uptick in alien interactions in the last year or so. I don't know if it's because there was that whole, the government released with, like, there was, I I forget what it was around. There was, like, some big announcement or some big law or something that got passed that within the documents that they, they included the admission that aliens are real. And people just didn't really notice because they kind of slid it into the fine print I don't know if it's because they, they let that cat out of the bag that now uh, aliens are just more comfortable. They're like, oh, they're making stops all the time. But I feel like every week we're getting a new alien story. Now, where I'm skeptical, I, I believe that there are aliens, but I'm skeptical that we haven't... Where's, like, the raw footage? Why haven't we actually seen better... All these videos, it's, like, from yards away, and they're like, yeah, look, you can clearly see it's an alien. It's just like a dot on your screen. You can't tell anything. I want to see actual evidence video evidence. I don't understand how we don't have these capabilities. We can record on our phones anything. We have world star hip hop used to put out like the videos of people fighting each other. You remember that? And it was like the world star. Like, you used to get this stuff all the time. We can record anything instantaneously. But we can't get a a good shot of UFOs. I agree with Nick that I need a little bit more evidence, but I do believe that there are aliens out there. I just want to see, like, full front view of an alien, close up. I know people are afraid and they want to stay away, but I'm still waiting for the day we get to see it. Why don't we have better video footage at this point? All right, final one. Back to the morning show. Ken and Lima talking about the rivalry between the Browns and the Bengals.
1: And you said people would be happy to see Joe Burrow win a Super Bowl. I have several people agreeing with you. Yeah, I hope, I, I, I hope, I we, I hope we sack him ten times in that game in Week One and win. I, I, but I'm saying if he's in the Super Bowl, yeah, I'm probably rooting for him. Your metal gymnastics is ridiculous, and it needs to stop. I'm not gonna fake like I hate the guy when I don't. I'm not saying you need to hate the guy. You kind of are. Uh, no, I'm not. You don't need. I'm not saying to hate Joe Burrow. I did not say to hate Joe Burrow. If you I, don't hate him, then Joe how Bro would you have a big problem if he won a Super Bowl? Is a nice cause of who he plays for. And because of the fan base, I don't hate represents. the Bengals either. I don't know any Bengals fans. What well, do we know? James Rapine? That's about it. And he bothers me enough and as I, it is. I went to school, I lived with two guys from so Cincinnati, but many, I many, barely oh, talked to them anymore. Well, I'm talking to the wrong person, so I'm gonna ask the phones. 216-474-0092 ninety two, because I want to know before the Warriors were any damn good at all, how many Warriors fans did you know? Same thing. I mean, it's the same thing. I I know that there's a history there. Like Mike Brown hates the Browns, obviously. And there's a history there. But in our adult lives, I'd said I've never seen the rivalry, quote unquote, like this. I've always been focused on the Steelers and Ravens. That's true. But I look at the Warriors and I go, how many people knew about the Warriors, cared about the Warriors before they were any good and actually liked Steph Curry? And then all of a sudden, here they were. And how many people really like him then? Yeah, now you played no, against them changed. in the finals. Things have changed. You can't play to the Bengals where, in the Super Bowl. Well, to get where we want to go, we are going to have to go through Cincinnati. They're possibly, not going anywhere. but possibly not. I won't think with Joe Burrow they're going to go anywhere.
0: I heard that combo, and it leads me to the question I have for you next. Will there ever be a day, because there's, uh, there's evolution to sports rivalries, I think. Will there ever be a day where the Bengals are actually the Browns' biggest rival? Is that day already here with, given the conversation you heard from Ken and Lima there? We talk about it next. 216-474-092. I want your input on it. And on Twitter, at Spencito underscore. Keep it locked. Spencer German in for JP. That was the fan focus on 92 through the fan.